Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. I am going to share with you a passage from the book of Deuteronomy this morning. But before I do, I'm going to tell you that we are going to have some fun with it today. And I know that that is not usually how the book of Deuteronomy is introduced. So I'm just going to ask that you trust me on this. What we hear in the text I'm about to read is the original Torah passage that Jesus was in part preaching from in his Sermon on the Mount. We've been working our way through this first sermon of Jesus over the past few weeks. And I was drawn to this passage in Deuteronomy because of where we left off. Last week, if you weren't here, we spoke a little bit about evangelizing about sharing this good news of love and forgiveness and freedom with others, not necessarily by way of our words, not necessarily, but by way of who we are, our salt, and how we show up in the world, our light. How does who we are affect how people see God? And I know that for many of us, myself included, this can be an intimidating or even downright impossible sounding task. We look at places in the world like Syria and Turkey who are hurt by the absolute devastation that has just fallen upon them. We see the continued fight in Ukraine, the continued discrimination against people of color, the protests continuing in Iran, the grief of those we love as they mourn the ones they love. And we think to ourselves, How can the things I do make any difference? That's where I go on a bad day. How can what I do make a difference? And this, this is where you're going to have to trust me. Because this passage got me thinking about faith and sports. The scripture passage today is from Deuteronomy 30, select verses from 15 to 19, and this is from our inclusive, uh, our inclusive translation of the Bible. Today I have set before you life and success or death and disaster. For today I command you to love your God to follow God's ways and keep the commandments, the laws and the customs. If you do, you will live and increase and your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. Choose life then so that you and your descendants may live. Do you trust me? Every year, since my early 20s, I have had a spiritual practice around the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know if you can tell, like, at first glance, we're not people of judgment here, but I'm actually not a big sports person. 
But there is something about seeing people achieve their dreams that makes me never want to miss a championship game. It is the most beautiful thing to watch. But because I'm not a fan per se, I don't usually care who wins. So I like to do a little recon before the game and see if I can find any personal stories that might endear me to one team over the other. And I call this a spiritual practice because I think that when we pay close attention to the things around us, to the people around us, we are also paying attention to God. So this week, as I was paying attention, I came across a couple news stories that inspired me. The first is a tale of two brothers, Jason and Travis Kelsey. These are two brothers, both playing in the Super Bowl this afternoon. But here's the catch. The catch is that Jason is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Travis is playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's who's playing in the Super Bowl, in case you didn't know. And they have two very proud parents, Ed and Donna. Here's Donna here. And if you can't tell by the jersey Donna is wearing, <laughs> these parents are going to be holding something we all know well. Joy and sorrow at the same time. And this got me thinking about faith and sports. The second story that intrigued me was that our starting quarterbacks, I say our, <laughs> our starting quarterbacks this year have two things in common. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles and Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs are marking the first time in NFL history that both starting quarterbacks are persons of color. And they are also people of extraordinary public faith and what their faith, the role their faith, has played in what they do. So I continued along my journey of thinking about faith and sports. The season of Epiphany that is drawing to a close in our Christian calendar next week marks the transfiguration of Jesus, the moment when we see with our own eyes Jesus' divinity. We'll tell you the story next week. This season is about God revealed and God revealing. Can we see God in the ordinary, the playful, the sorrowful, the mundane, the unique, the celebratory circumstances of our lives. Can we see it? We light this candle to remind us that God is present, not only in certain places, but everywhere. Can we see God? What is God showing us in these circumstances? And how does who we are in all of the moments of our life, Parker Palmer says, let your whole life speak. That's evangelism. How is who we are in all of the areas of our lives, not just here in these pews, whether you're a grocery store clerk, whether you're the person I'm about to introduce to you, whether you are a teacher or a healthcare worker, how does who you are in all of the areas of your life speak? about 
this thing we believe in? How does it speak about God, faith, and sports? And when I started thinking about faith and sports, I thought, who better to have a conversation with us than a man from within our own congregation who embodies both? So I would like to invite up now a man who I'm going to let introduce himself. Some of you know him as Tom Higgins. Some of you might know him as coach. Some of you might know him as dad, husband. <laughs> but I would like to invite Tom up for a conversation. And Tom, as you're settling yourself, this water's for you. Anne and I, we have this thing when, when we think we have a really fun idea. Um, we like to get balloons. So I'm just going to get you to hang on one second. And Anne and I are going to do a quick little set change. Tom, please make yourself comfortable. Everyone, please give Tom a round of applause. Okay, you can't put it in front of the cross, though. That's the only rule. Your foot's on, your foot's on it. It's gotta be on the shelf. Okay. All right, here we go. What colors would you prefer? Okay, don't answer that. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Tom, thank you. Will you take that? Great. Thank you for being here. You are more than welcome. You have a lot of guts to bring a football coach up to be talking about football on Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, just before we get started. Yes. If what you do speaks so well, no reason to hear what you say. Yeah. I heard that for years with one of my coaches, and yeah. it resonates mm -hmm. because it means something. But uh, if you have to dummy it down for a football player, and again, a lot of times football players get teased that they're not as smart. They're playing a, yeah. a smart a game that they hit one another. Don't tell me, show me. Okay, let's, That's get some, right. let's That's have right. some fun. I think I said last week, one of my, one of my professors quoted... Someone who I can't remember at the time who said, uh, who said, preach the gospel, but only when necessary, use words. Don't tell me, show me. And I love words, so this, like, this hit really hard. Anyway, Tom, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're more than welcome. I, I had my own reasons for asking you, um, and some of that is because I know a little bit about your biography, but I would like to give you an opportunity to share some of those key points for us so that people get a sense. I know what you did, you Googled me. Don't, don't believe what you read when you get Googled as well, all right? There's, there's, people can put the different things on it. Um, born in God's country, New Jersey. I, I'm, I'm an American, a different language, but uh, raised a Roman Catholic. Um, early in my Roman Catholic days of going to church, 98% of it was in Latin. They had to make some changes, and they have, and so the, the, as the journey proceeded, um, I was good in school, but better in sports. I played football, basketball, baseball, all the way up into um, my junior high years. Um, when I went to high school, I narrowed it down. I was a football player. I wrestled, and I did track and field, and was a good student as well, because I, I had a goal. I wanted to play football on the university level. I was fortunate enough to do so. I got a full scholarship to go to North Carolina State. The, the coach there was Lou Holtz, and he's now somebody who won a national championship at Notre Dame. But we have come across people who are mentors, and he happened to be one of my 
most impressionable mentor, mm -hmm. and there's things that I've taken and then refined, and I'd like to share them with you. In the four years that we were at North Carolina State, we went to four bowl games, the Peach Bowl twice, the Ashland Bonnet Bowl, Liberty Bowl. I was a defensive... I only knew there was a Super Bowl. <laughs> and, and that was before they actually had the Peach Filet Chicken Bowl. Or, you know, I mean, it, it, all these bowls have names now. So very successful. Um, uh, I was a captain. Um, for, for whatever reason, I also chose to wrestle. And there, that's a whole other story, but I, I played football and I wrestled, and you're going, well, how did you get your degree? I did. I got it in four years without going to summer school because I was a student athlete. Mm -hmm. And again, that was one of the things that was impressed upon me with the coach, that you're a student first, athlete second. And then all of a sudden, things start to get clear that um, what are your priorities? Mm -hmm. Now, what was really fun is when I got there, he only had three rules. And I'm thinking, this is fantastic. You know why? Because it's easy to remember three than it is ten. So let me tell you the three rules because it is very important. Do what's right. Hmm. He said, if you don't know what's right, it's in the Bible. Just do what's right. If you do what's right, then I can trust you. Trust is very important. One. Number two. Whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. Mm. Now, <laughs> he didn't tell you how hard he's going to push you and you think you're going to do it to the best of your ability. He exhausted us, but that's where success came in. And that means you're committed to excellence. And then third, the one rule that surpasses all, treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm. And that means you care. So if you find an organization, a school, or whatever that is built on trust, a commitment to excellence, and that cares, it can't not, not be successful. Yeah. And so now know that I was an All-American football player. I was also an All-American wrestler. Uh, I, I thought now, okay, I have my degree. I'm a teacher by trade. I'm going to try to be a professional athlete. I did. Yeah. I played for the... Uh, Calgary Stampeders. I played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I also played for the Buffalo Bills. Now, something that's rather interesting is people really don't know the inner workings of the, the Chiefs or the Eagles. I can bet you that they travel. They have full-time a priest, a minister, and a rabbi. Hmm. And that, that's the start of a joke, but no, they, they, they're here. <laughs> but we played on Sunday. You couldn't go to church because you don't have enough time. So the church came to you. Well, so it was really unique. And I don't know if people picked up on this, but the three, the three rules that you just mentioned, so do what's right, yes. do it to the best of your ability, and the golden rule, if you will. We just heard that read in Deuteronomy. Love your God, follow God's ways, and keep the commandments. And if you do, you will live, and so shall your descendants. There's a connection. I think you got I think it right. A tiny yes. There's a tiny connection there. <laughs> and, and so uh, having had that opportunity, I came up to uh, Canada in uh, 1976. Um, I became very entrenched in how stubborn or how little I knew about Canada. Mm. Because when I told somebody in Raleigh, North Carolina, where North Carolina State is, I'm playing for the Calgary Stamp. I'm going to try out and play for the Calgary Stampeders. How close is that to Toronto? <laughs> yeah, I have some friends in Toronto. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's in Alberta. Mm -hmm. Where's that? 
It's between British Columbia and Saskatchewan. Mm, nothing. Uh, it's above Montana. <laughs> so if they didn't know where Montana was, okay, they, it didn't matter. Yeah. But I had that opportunity to play. Um, I'm very fortunate. I met my wife uh, when I first came on up. We got married four years later. She understood the, the pros and cons of, of being a professional athlete. Um, we'll go into further details, but then when I finally decided not playing professionally anymore, I'm, we're both teachers by trade, but all of a sudden it just swung me the other way because then I went coached high school football, still by being a teacher, three years at university, and then I started the Travelocity, the uh, nine years with the Calgary Stampeders as a coach. I coached special teams, I coached offensive line, I coached defensive line, I coached linebackers. I became, in the nine years that we were there, we were terrible when we first started, but we became very good. Um, Wally Buono wasn't leaving. I ended up leaving after nine years. We went to Edmonton to put, do the Edmonton Eskimos. And yes, I, I'm surprised, I'm glad that everybody was really nice and polite and they go, you don't go to Edmonton from Calgary. And uh, our children were young at the time and the youngest is our son and said, dad, we can't go to Edmonton, we hate Edmonton. And I just told them right in the eye, I said, not anymore. <laughs> so, so we had a great 11 years and, and during that time, um, we continued to be successful. Yeah. But, why were they successful? We'll come back to that. There's the elements, the three elements that make it there. And then how do you become successful? It's faith, family, and football. Those are the priorities. If this was the very first day of training camp, either you buy in or you're not going to be here. There's three rules. Okay? I'm going to tell you the three rules. I already talked about them. But it's also about your faith, your family, football, that priority. It does not get compromised. And in that order. In that order. Absolutely. And if you don't, that's, that's what made it a little bit so, different. So can because, you give an example oh, of I, how I, faith... Absolutely, because if you were to ask me, what's the difference between myself and some other coaches? Yeah. They go football, family, and then faith. Uh, you know, it, it's reversed. So who it, you are it's, is more important than what you do. Absolutely. Because you want good football players, but I want good people. I want people that will buy in because then we can create mm -hmm. that longevity. We can create a consistency. We can create a legacy that uh, all of a sudden surpasses itself. The moment that I had to be the leader of the rules and faith, family, and football, the players then themselves say, and that's not the right way to do it. We don't do it that way anymore. Because then all of a sudden, if you're driven through your players, it makes a whole difference. Yeah. Like these two teams that we are going to see. They have, and they, they understand. Mm -hmm. They have two black quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. We had that 30 years ago in the CFL. We, we are so much further ahead, and mm -hmm. I am so pleased and proud to be in Canada. Um, I'm so proud that our children were raised in Canada, educated in Canada, mm -hmm. and they still are dual citizens, so if they wanted to, to go back and forth, and our, our middle child is. Um, but then the uh, 11 years, and then all of a sudden, um, they didn't want me anymore. And I say it's because of illness and fatigue. They got sick and tired of me. And so I ended up coming down, back down to Calgary as a general manager and head coach. Uh, after three years, same thing happened. I became director of officiating for six years. Never happened in professional for football before that they took a football guy. 
They took a football guy, I think, because they understood what my, my values were yeah. and being able to bring it to them. Yeah, I, I wasn't qualified, but I was overqualified in certain degrees. So they taught me officiating. I taught them football, but then I also brought with me faith, family, and officiating. Well, I love, so the hymn we first started with, this Linnea Good piece, quotes our passage from 1 Corinthians 13, which says, um, which says uh, uh, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And that's what I hear when you say faith, family, and football. The greatest is not the football. The greatest is everything that is created because of your faith, because of who you are, because of how you live your life. Absolutely. Now, Understand that um, my wife and I got married four years after I first met her in St. Andrew's United Church. And I am a grateful member of the United Church. But there's United Churches all across the country. Yeah. Just like there's nine CFL football teams across the country. Some of them are a little bit different than others. I am in a church. Mm -hmm. Hillhurst United Church that has the same values that I do that allows you to be successful. Mm. Wherever you're at. Yeah, whoever you are. Join us on the journey. It, it's like I'm talking to my football team. You know, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are set free. Th that example is players want to be here. Mm. Players have the opportunity to be free agents. But guess what? They'll take less money to be in an organization that people who care about them. Yeah. That all of a sudden they realize that, you know, me, my family are more important than football. you got to be kidding me. That's not the way it is. This is a doggy dog business. I, after 11 football seasons, I got fired. I got let go. So how, that, that sounds devastating. <laughs> and I know it's also the name of the game, pardon the pun. So what is it about your set of priorities, the order of your values, that actually made all of that okay? It's being true to who you are. Okay, it's now time to move on. Your faith, they can't take that away. They can't take away my family. They took away something that I love to do, but there's other places to do it. And you accept it. Um, when they did that, so uh, understand, I, I've been, I won, I've had the opportunity to be on two Grey Cup championship teams. I've held the Grey Cup. I have it in my home. Um, but we, we did it. No individual does it. When you're the head coach, you get your name on the, uh, engraved on the cup itself, as well as the players that have played. Um, success comes to us and then um, so the last four years of being with the Edmonton Eskimos we finished in first three times second once we went to the Grey Cup twice uh, we won one Grey Cup I was coach of the year um, and then I was fired hmm. let go released and I said fine one condition I want a press conference and some people say, no, no way are we going to give you a press conference because we just fired you. And they gave me a press conference. Okay. They, they, you know, one of the questions was, why were you fired? I said, I don't know. Don't care. I said, I just want to say thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be the head coach, mm -hmm. to be the general manager, to, to have had the opportunity to be with you. And 
uh, here's a lot of the reporters are sitting there and they might be upset, they might be happy, they've written nasty things about me, uh, that, you know, can't coach, can't chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. Um, it, the, 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 the easiest thing that you can do, because social media is a, a, not necessarily a great yeah. thing to actually look at, or the newspaper, it's real simple. Don't read the newspaper and don't go on social media. Hmm. If you do, now, it's very important as a coach, as, even as a head coach, to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I have somebody that reads the newspaper for me. And, and, and then they come in and they give me Get a look. Get John to yeah. read yeah. the newspaper for me. You know, so all, all of a sudden, then, then they're coming on up and they're telling me, uh, yeah, the guy ripped you really badly. Fine, no problem. We have, every, every day you're talking to the media. Um, you're not mad at me. Mm. I ripped you. That was your opinion. Thank you. You're still here. We still talk. Yeah. And so it, nothing changes yeah. and shouldn't change. But again, because you have the constants. Absolutely. Again, you're, you're sharing your faith by your example. Yes. Because again, it comes back in my mind. The coach has said, oh, if what you do speaks so well, no reason to hear what you say. Yeah, I don't have to say anything. It's my actions. Yeah. It's how we, we deal with things. And it's a beautiful thing. Because we have, we have so many different examples of I I actually have my technology here, so if yours goes out, don't worry. I have Perfect. the questions Thanks. that you're going to ask. Um, some of the things that possibly happen that, that, that are faith-driven, that's one of the questions, so I already asked yeah. the question. Okay, We're, so you're, you're, you're okay with it. that. You're working through it. I'm just um, check, 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 check. A, a young man, um, so I don't know what day of the week it is during football season. I know it's game day. After game day, it's film and rundown. Then there's a day off for the players, but it's a prep for the coaches. Then you have day one, day two, day three, day four. And guess what? You're at game day again. So this was day one. And you need to be observant because it's very important. And I have an open door policy. Uh, Malcolm Frank happened to be a black athlete. Doesn't matter. I just want you to know it was a black athlete. Um, all of a sudden, his head was down. I have an open door policy. Malcolm, what's wrong? He said, um, I, I need to, to share with you, uh, my dad was released from the hospital. I said, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. He goes, yes. Uh, he was released to go home and take care of his life. He's given a month to two months to live. Okay, so we're, we're talking. I said, you need to go home. Go home. We, we'll send you home. You, you, you go on home. He, no, I, I don't, I don't want to go home. I said, fine. I said, then you need permission to stay here. I want you to talk to your dad. Now, there's something that happened when I was in university. Really neat, just to share it with you, is that uh, because we were in all those bowl games, we had a chance to go home for Christmas, but only for one or two or three days because we had to go home and then come back on campus because we had to go wherever the, the bowl game was. And the, the head coach got us all together, and so you know it's 18 to 22-year-old uh, young men, he said, I have the greatest gift that you can give your parents, and it won't cost you a penny. He caught us, got our attention. He said, you won't realize this until you have kids of your own. Go home and tell your parents that you love them. Mm. Powerful, okay? I came from a loving family, but we never said it. That Christmas, it was said, it opened the floodgates. I shared this with Malcolm. 
because it was important to me to make sure that it was right, that if he's talking to his dad because he wants to stay here, make sure everything is right. So day two, before practice comes in, he comes in, he's smiling, he's saying, my dad wants me to stay here. I had a great chat with him. I am good. So we practice day two, we practice day three. Day four, he comes back into my office. Not so happy, his dad died. And again, he, this is just Malcolm and I talking. That's it. I said, you got to go home. Go home. You, you, he said, coach, I need to play. Okay. You can play. And again, some coaches are not going to say go home because he's a starting defensive back. He covers the best receiver. I, I need you to win a football game. No, that's not important. Go home. He didn't want to go home. He needed to play the game. I said, okay. And again, it's only he and I. I know we were the only two that knew this. I watched him through the game. He played the game. We won the game. Mm -hmm. After the game, I don't ever give out game footballs, game balls. And I do it for one reason. Because if I gave you the game ball, there were 43 other players that played to help you be successful. The quarterback gets all the credit, but if they don't block for him, you ain't getting to throw the football down the field. You can't have success unless it's a full team. Mm -hmm. But I gave a game ball to the Frank family, and I shared with the rest of the team what happened. Yeah. And I said, Malcolm, your dad's proud of you. He had the best seat in the house watching you play. Mm. The outpouring of love that was shared to him. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, you know what? I would do this for nothing to have that experience like that. She said, don't tell them because that's probably what they would pay you. So, so Tom, so. I, you, know, you know as a sports person that we have time on the clock. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, have, I have two things. One, um, something that this just reminded me of is this series we're doing on Monday Night Spiritual Nurture. We're looking at John Philip Newell, and he was in an interview one time, and he said to his uh, interviewer that love is the most costly experience of our lives, and it will cost us everything. And the reporter asked him if he thought it was still possible to win, and John Philip Newell responded, love is the only way you can win. And what I love about what you were just saying is this idea of day one. And I think in our, in our scriptures, as, as people of the gospel, day one is what we have been given. That's, that's grace. Day one is the ability to whatever game day encountered, uh, was filled with, the next day we get up and we have a new opportunity to be again to begin again, to turn over the new page, that is, that's resurrection. That's our baptism, is day one, all the time. And that's what I see being represented in the way that your community is working together. Are you talking about football? Are you going to be a football coach? <laughs> so here's my, here's yes. my last question. Uh, well, actually, I have two. I have one really quick one. Does God care who wins? No, that is a tough thing to tell an athlete yeah, uh, I know, I because know. you know what, they are going to pray yeah. and they're going to pray hard. And uh, we, we had a great example of seeing prayer mm -hmm. when the Buffalo Bill athlete, his yes. heart stopped. It, the, the game was irrelevant it, at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And I am so proud that they did not play any further because yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't important. Yeah, thank you. My second question is more of a request. Because I believe we have five minutes on the clock left. 
I believe we have zero minutes on the clock left. So Tom, with zero minutes left on the clock, you have one of those negative minutes to give Hillhurst the locker room talk that you would like to give us as a faithful church community in this room and in the world. We have one minute and you and I are gonna go out with a bang. I stand for one reason because I would connect. I would never be above, I would be on the ground. I would be on the same level. And what we have done, so we're gonna play in the Grey Cup for the championship or we play in the Super Bowl. This would be what this coach would be saying. It would be very controlled because there's so many coaches that are going to be yelling and screaming and getting you to go to different higher levels. No, not going to happen. How, why are you here? How did you get here? I want you to think about this. I want you, we're going out on the biggest stage in Canada for a Grey Cup. We're going out on the biggest stage possibly in the world to play a Super Bowl. How did you get here? Why are you here? Who are you thankful for? There's so many different people. You represent yourself. Your name is always on the back, but you also represent the Eagles. You represent the Chiefs. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to win this game? But because we've been together, you know that winning this game isn't the ultimate goal. Winning in life is the ultimate goal. And you are a winner in life if you do things the right way. You play one play. There's 155 plays that are going to happen. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. But you play only one play at a time. you got to focus. you got to stay in tune. What happens if it's a bad play? You would know the answer because you would have listened to this speech over and over again. You reload. What reloading means is it's about the next play. It's not about the past play. The past play is over. If you hang in the back play, you cannot move forward. Am I talking about football or am I talking about us in life? So the athletes that I've worked with, they take this with them because it's far sustaining. So then we take the field. Should somebody hit you in the back, clip you, what do you do? I reload you got it? It's easy. It's all every day. We just take care of each other by reloading. What we would do before we actually started this, and it's going to be very simple because we are going to do the Lord's Prayer together. Now, it's funny that we will do the Lord's Prayer before the game. We do it after the game. Now, how can you do it with, you might have a bunch of people that are not Christian or not this. They, it doesn't matter because we've talked about it. Then it's a time of reflection of who and what you are. Not everyone's religious, but then we just share the Lord's Prayer with one another. And what I would like for you to do is I just want to make sure we're doing the Lord's Prayer right now, but you need to be in touch with somebody because you need to be connected. Or touch the pew in front of you, but I invite you all to stand. If you would, please. Do you want to sing it or do you want to say it? Your call. Let's sing it. Greg, are you, Greg, are you, oh, never mind. Let's not no. sing it. We're going to say it. All right. Kick us off. Our Father. In heaven, heaven. Hallowed, hallowed be, be your name. name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.